This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti, Jamie at Lightning underscore round. And today we break down the Chargers facing off against Denver in LA. Last time these two faced off in Denver, the Chargers lost 28-13. And this time around, hopefully, unlike last week, the Chargers take this game serious because the Chargers playoff hopes depend on it. If they win out the next two games, they have an 85% chance of making the playoffs. They lose this game. It drops to 12 and we are firing up those mock drafts already. So uh, this is a must get a must win game. Uh, And like all of the month of December, it seems like COVID has ripped through both these teams, both the Broncos and the Chargers for the Broncos. Officially out will be Tim Patrick, Tyree Cleveland, safeties Caden Stearns, and tackle Calvin Anderson. On Wednesday, they had Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and Bradley Chubb, who were limited. So we'll see if they can go on Sunday. For the Chargers, returning this week, the good news first, Joey Bosa, Corey Lindsley, Justin Jones, Chris Rumpf, Jalen Guyton, Kamon Hall, Chase Daniels, Andre Roberts, Trey Marshall, and Kelamete all off the COVID list. But added to the COVID list or are still on the COVID list are names like Mike Williams, Chris Harris Jr., Michael Davis, Nasir Adderley, Dustin Hopkins, Matt Overton, Trey Pipkins, Alohi Gilman, Devontae Harris, Emeka Egbule, defensive lineman Andrew Brown, and just added yesterday, Kenneth Murray and Storm Norton. So this is another one of those games, Jamie. (laughs) Well, I guess on the bright side, at least they got Lindsey back and Bosa back. Sounds like Derwin had a full practice yesterday mm-hmm. and he's practicing again this morning. So could have him back this week. Um, so and, all some positive signs there. Yeah. And uh, Viscano's back too. So if Hopkins can't make it, they at least have a kicker on the roster that can play, which is nice. I didn't catch it. Did you say if Davis was off the list? Michael Davis? Yeah. No, no. He's still on right now. I don't he's know if on. he's vaccinated or not, but he could be back on Sunday. Chris okay. Harris Jr. No. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the uh, Denver offense. And uh, this week, the Chargers will be facing Drew Locke. Uh, last time they faced Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he uh, continues to recover from a concussion. So it looks like the Chargers will be facing Drew Locke this week at quarterback. So last week they got, or last time I should say, they got Bridgewater and Locke. Right, right, um, right. For seven plays, Locke did, yeah. Yeah, and he managed to turn the ball over once in those seven <laughs> plays. Yeah, Derwin baited him. Yeah. Um, so there are some pluses and minuses with having lock play. Um, I think the plus is obviously he's not very good. Um, (laughs) he's not terribly accurate. He's prone to making bad decisions. Uh, he can be reckless with the football and, uh, there's always that opportunity that you can force some turnovers with him in the lineup. The negative from the Chargers perspective is he has a much better arm than Bridgewater And he is also, I think, more likely to challenge the defense down the field than Bridgewater is. Um, He will try to thread the needle because he believes probably a little bit too much in his arm strength. And um, I think they're because of that, that's part of what's going to give them opportunities to turn the ball over, hopefully. But the flip side of that is they are more likely to, to push the ball down the field with Locke, I think. And one of the things that they've discovered, they seem to have lost their feel for getting the ball to Cortland Sutton, which I don't really understand. 
But over the last two or three weeks, they've gotten Jerry Judy more involved, particularly in the deep passing game. He was really more of a decoy the first time the Chargers played, running a lot of those motions and wheel routes and things like that, uh, bubble screens. They were trying to give him the ball in space. Now it seems like they're taking shots with him more frequently down the field. So they're, that's something you have to look out for. I, For the life of me, I can't figure out why they can't get something more consistently involved in their offense. It doesn't make any sense, but I guess it's just bad quarterback play. So, you know, you look for the ball to be put in bad spots and hopefully convert some turnovers. Um, but you also need to be aware that Locke is going to take some of those chances that Teddy just won't take, whereas Teddy's going to hold on to the ball or throw it away or maybe scramble for a minimal gain. Locke's probably going to be more likely to fit the ball, try to fit the ball in the tight windows and, and push the ball down the field a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Drew Locke started last week against the Raiders, and the Broncos could not move the ball, and the Raiders' defense is not good. And the the only reason they got seven was because Bradley Chubb ended up getting an interception that he took all the way to the one-yard line. Javonta Williams punched it in from the one, but other than that, they just couldn't move the ball. Um, you know, last time they played, even though they saw Drew Locke for, what, seven plays or so, Bridgewater just converted it when they needed it to, when uh, the Broncos needed it, and they jumped out to a huge lead. They they were 14 nothing before the Chargers even woke up, and they basically put it on cruise control for the rest of the game, and where the Chargers really got gashed up last time was at the running backs. And, you know, Melvin Gordon had 83 yards. Javante Williams had 54. He had a touchdown that game. They were averaging like four and a half yards per carry between them, and the run defense was terrible last time around. Chargers get Justin Jones back, which uh, should help. Uh, the other aspect of it last time around was – how they were able to cut them up through the air. Uh, they did a good job for most of that game on all the wide receivers, and but Javante Williams broke off. It was a, just an ugly 42-yard reception, which just seemed like a calamity of tackling errors. Uh, uh, the low light or highlight, however you're going to look at it, Tavon Campbell taking that horrible angle and letting Williams break free. So, you know, the Chargers going to have to do a much better job this time around. Uh, both running backs were limited again yesterday. But uh, they have got to got to uh, tackle these guys, especially Javante Williams, who they just could not bring down. They had a tough time tackling him last time they played. Yeah, I mean, the, we keep saying it every week. The, the real key to the game for the Chargers defense is going to be winning against the run on first and second down. They've got to get guys on the ground. They've got to keep them to three yards of carry or less. They can't be giving up four, five, six yards of carry. I mean – what we saw against this defense last week from Rex Burkhead was, I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was embarrassing. So oh, yeah. if that's the kind of effort that the chargers are going to put forth this week, then Forget playoff chances are over. It's mm -hmm. they're done. Cause that this running back duo is much, much more talented, much more skilled, uh, much more dangerous than, than Rex Burkhead and, mm -hmm. uh, and Freeman. Yeah. Or last week. So they have to be able to stop the run. They have to. And, you know, I hate to put it this way because he's got COVID, but at least we know Kenneth Murray won't be playing alongside Jerry Tillery this week. So <laughs> that at least increases their chances of being able to stop the run on one side of the line, hopefully. Yes. Joey Bosa's back. Bosa's back. That um, helps. They, Fackrell was designated for return from the, the IR yesterday. I don't know that he'll be back this week, but uh, same with Mark his Webb, window yep. is open. What's that? Mm -hmm. Mark Webb, too. Yep, Mark Webb too. Mm -hmm. Not not as interested in Webb as I am in fact. Right, right. But, I was just adding um, to it. Yeah, but um, got to be able to set the edge. 
Got to be able to stop the run. Got to be able to get these guys on the ground early. You can't be having them stacked up for two yard gains and have them squirt through for nine yard gains. Like, like was happening last week. You just, it can't happen. They got to have better effort and better tackling. And that's really what it came down to last week is just the effort and the energy wasn't there. Oh, they were, no, they slept walk through that entire game. So, uh, so the wide receivers, you mentioned Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick's going to be out. Uh, we know that Jerry Judy last time around only had 25 yards. He's more of a decoy. Cortland Sutton had 17 yards, and the Chargers did a really good job of limiting the uh, the wide the Denver wide receivers. But this time around, they're missing a lot of corners. They're going to be missing Michael Davis, or could be Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., Devonte Harris, as well as Nasir Adderley. Uh, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, Derwin James expect to be back this week. Uh, Sante Samuel kind of didn't look all that fresh, kind of uh, getting back, getting his legs under him a little bit. But after that, the corner depth is pretty slim. It's Devon Campbell, Kamon Hall, and Asang Basie as the uh, depth behind uh, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, really got to get Michael Davis back this week. Yeah. They, we got to get him off that COVID list. That's He's such a huge part of the secondary, and I think we've really seen it. He struggled a little bit when he first came back against Cincinnati, but played much better against the Giants a couple weeks ago. Seemed like he was trending in the right direction and then got sick last week. So hopefully he's available this week and he can help kind of stabilize the, the, the secondary. I mean, Devontae Harris... Not that much of a loss. Rather, he wasn't on the no. field, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, kind of wish they were not in a position where Trey Marshall didn't have to be on the field defensively, just have him play special teams. Mm -hmm. Getting Campbell back could help, although he's been a liability for huge chunks of this season. Um, yeah. And Naz, hopefully he can come back too. I mean, he wasn't great last week, but hopefully he can come back. Yeah, because they just don't have a lot of depth behind him. At free safety. So this is going to no be a behind them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup on the outside. These uh, Denver wide receivers are good. Uh, but the good news is Drew Locke is at quarterback and he hasn't been able to get his receivers, his, the ball all year and most of his career, to be honest with you. But uh, last week, uh, Las Vegas dialed up the pressure and they made Drew Locke make a lot of quick decisions, which I was surprised when watching that game because it was Gus Bradley running that defense and you don't really see him blitz off him. But it worked. It forced a lot of dump offs, a lot of incompletions. Locke couldn't really get going all game. The Chargers got nowhere near Davis Mills last week, so they're going to have to get creative and uh, get to Drew Locke because, as we know, Locke has beaten the Chargers before, so it's it's possible he's not terrible enough that he can't win this game. Obviously this is very important for the chargers. So they got to find ways to get to drew lock. The Denver offensive line did not have a good week last week. And uh, hopefully with Joey Bosa back, uh, they can create a little bit more pressure this week. Yeah. I think the challenge is going to be with the secondary in the shape that it's in. Will Brandon Staley be confident or comf com comfortable enough? I should say to dial up some of those blitzes and create, those opportunities to force lock into quick decisions because he wasn't last week. And, you know, some people have pointed out that this is a complicated defense with a lot of moving pieces, a lot of kind of rotating responsibilities. And when you're constantly rotating in your third and fourth option in the secondary um, at various positions, and now they're going to be without Drew Tranquil, I think, uh, is he, what's his status? Do you know? No, uh -uh. I haven't heard anything from I know his test came back negative, but I don't know yeah. what his status is for the game. But anyway, when you're constantly rotating in those backup pieces and they haven't had the reps that, the, you know, the guys like Davis and Samuel and Harris have had all year long, 
it becomes a little bit more difficult to be exotic and disguise things and attack when you don't have the faith that you're going to hold up on the back end. So they're going to need much better play out of Asante Samuel Jr. who really struggled last week with speed. Um, hopefully they get Davis back and it emboldens them to, to blitz and attack a little bit more because I think if they're going into this game without Davis and without Harris and without Naz, we could see another very vanilla game plan like we saw last week where they're not as inclined to blitz because they don't trust the back end to hold up. And that that's kind of that tightrope that you're walking where, you know, you can't, how much can you really ask of your backups who haven't been getting those reps all year to be having their, you know, their, their responsibilities rotate from play to play and, and asking them to hold up on the back end like that. It's they're professionals, but it's still asking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could tell it's just not as crisp with these, third and fourth stringers it's uh the chemistry is not as clear as it was early on in the year when you had all your starters and uh drew tranquil did not practice yesterday he had a dmp so he's got to get some practices in towards the end of this week if he wants to play on sunday uh so for uh just to finish up the broncos offense uh the offensive line last week again didn't play very good they were missing lloyd cushionberry who uh who was a big part of that offensive line they couldn't run the ball at all they had 18 yards total last week uh, between Gordon Williams and Locke. So they just could not get anything going. And Locke was pressured a lot last week. So, you know, uh, like you're mentioning, it's going to be hard to dial up too much exotic blitzes when you got so many different new pieces unfamiliar with the system. But uh, they have a chance to get to Locke this week for sure. All right. So let's let's talk about the uh, Denver D. And I think uh, the only way we're going to be able to talk about the defense is uh, about what the Chargers are going to do on the offensive line, because both Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins on the COVID on the COVID list. So it's either Michael Schofield plays right tackle, and you've got Kelamete or Hymas playing right guard, or Schofield stays put and they bring in a right tackle. Uh, I, I would obviously prefer Schofield Hymas. I'm sure you do too, but it's going to be uh, we're going to see what kind of matchup they're going to want to go this week. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's always the opportunity that they could put Hymas at right tackle so they're not making two changes. I kind of doubt that's what happens, but um, <clears throat> this this game is going to be all about keeping Herbert clean and giving him opportunities to take shots down the field. It's something they didn't do against Denver the first time. Calamete was awful at left guard. He blew up countless number of plays, uh, just couldn't get his hands on people, Couldn't couldn't execute at all. So... Ideally, you'd hope that he's not on the field again, whether it's left guard, right guard, whatever it might be, just keep him off the field. And he is on the COVID list. So hopefully he stays there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, Kelamete. I'm not just, I hope you're, I hope you're fine. Just wait a couple weeks before you come back. I, I hate to break it to you here, Jamie. I'm really sorry, but Kelamete's off. Ah, he got off yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, uh, so he has a chance to play this weekend. Yeah, he shouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm a little concerned that it might wind up be, being Calamete at right guard and Schofield oh, me too. at right tackle. Me too. I think there's a good chance that we see that. Some people have pointed out on Twitter that Calamete was inactive the week after he had that terrible week in Denver, but it is not beyond this coaching staff to give players a second chance when they don't deserve it. So fingers crossed, hopefully it's Hymas and, and Schofield, but yeah, real good chance. It's Calamete and, and Schofield. And that's problematic to say the least. Very. So uh, let's talk about the running game because Austin Eckler's back. Wasn't, wasn't there for the Texans game. 
And uh, it's good timing because this Denver front seven is reeling. The run defense in particular, they gave up 129 to Josh Jacobs last week. Uh, Last time Eckler played, he got absolutely nothing going on the ground. Uh, That was a big part of the offense. They uh, stopped the run and made Herbert kind of do a little bit too much with his arm. And so something's got to give this week. And uh, hopefully Eckler is feeling better coming off the COVID list and uh, he could do some damage. Yeah. And, you know, Justin Jackson outside of the fumble last week looked pretty sharp. So real good. Uh, finally yeah. having somebody stepping up and and kind of taking a stranglehold on that RB2 role would really help. Mm-hmm. Have a two-headed monster, so to speak, and maybe keep Eckler a little more fresh down the stretch, get a few more carries for Jackson. They do need to be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively against this defense. You can't just let Bradley Chubb and and uh, their edge rushers um, tee off on Herbert knowing that, the, mm-hmm. that you can't run the ball. So you got to be able to have some success running it. Would love to see some screens. To Eckler and Jackson, they had a beautiful screen to Jackson last week um, yep. against Houston. Would love to see some more of that against a defense that you know is going to be attacking off the edges, kind of mm-hmm. make them stop and think a little bit and hesitate before they come downfield, force them to defend the pass. Got to be able to run at them off the edges to wear them down and slow them down. Uh, it's kind of the same game plan we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. You have to be able to, to run off the edges and, and wear these guys down. You can't just let them come upfield and charge Herbert. You got to keep him honest. Yep. Yeah. So on the outside, Mike Williams has a chance to return this week, but uh, we will see Joshua Palmer. Uh, we were taught, you know, talking about positive last week flashed uh, and hopefully they can get Keenan more involved this week too. They got him involved last time they played Denver. Uh, but last week against Houston, uh, pretty much invisible for most of the game. And uh, Jalen Guyton is back. He's off the COVID list. So some wide receiver depth on the way as well. If Mike Williams can't play. Yeah. You know, I think ultimately this game is really going to come down to uh, Justin Herbert versus the cover two slash cover mm-hmm. six. Um, he's got to show that he's more comfortable challenging the voids and that, and those covered shells uh, down the field, particularly mm-hmm. between the safeties and towards the boundaries between the corner and the safety. Yep. Uh, he's got to be able to show that he can do that. He's shown at times against certain defenses that he's willing to take those shots. We saw it against the Bengals. We saw it a lot against the Giants where he took those shots. But it seems like where he's playing against defenses with more elite-level safety play, at least one elite-level safety, he's much less likely to take those chances. And when he does, the timing's off a little bit, and he's holding the ball a little bit longer than he needs to. So they're going to have to get chunk plays to beat the to beat the Broncos. Um, the Broncos really forced them to dump the ball off and put together 10, 12, 15 yard scoring drives. Um, and they had so many drives in that game where they moved the ball beautifully, but they just stalled out and they couldn't get points. Yeah. And that's ultimately what cost them the game. Cause it's not that they weren't able to move the ball. They just weren't able to score. And they were, they shortened the game, which wound up working in the Broncos favor because they couldn't score points. So right. they need to be able to get chunk plays down the field, back the Broncos off a little bit, create some space for the running game and they need to be able to score a little bit faster. They can't afford to be having these six, seven, eight, nine minute drives. Every, every drive, eventually you just run out of drives mm-hmm. unless you're scoring on every, every possession. So right. got to be able to tack between the safeties. Um, absolutely have to be able to find those boundaries against the cover two and the cover six. Just have to be able to anticipate them and make those throws when you know they're there. Cause those holes are there that those are the weaknesses of those cover those cover yeah. two and the cover six, mm-hmm. the boundaries between the, the zone corner and the safeties yeah. and in between the safeties right down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. 
It's got to be able to bully. What's that? Over the linebackers in front of the safeties. Yeah, the field. Absolutely, even between the safeties down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, if you can find those boundaries early in the game and force the safeties to fan out a little bit, you create a little bit more space down the field, further down the field between the safeties. So, yep. there are those opportunities. You just have to trust what you're seeing and you have to find them. Yeah, and and they will be there. And Joe, Joe Lombardi has been scheming plays to find those holes. They're just not consistently getting the ball there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they and unfortunately for the Chargers, Denver has an elite safety in Justin Simmons, and that's what kind of scared Justin Herbert off last time. And um, just a just a little, quick little plug. Go check out Jamie. He's at Lightning underscore Round, of course. He's got a real good breakdown of Cover Two and what. Uh, Justin Herbert has seen and done with cover two. So go check that out. He did a, a really good breakdown on that. And um, also, you know, towards the end of that game, they were corner. Patrick Sertain was a real menace who got two interceptions. He returned one for a touchdown late in that game. This defense gets turnovers. They're going to be aggressive and they got three last week. They were only able to get 13 points off of it, but the chargers have got to be a lot smarter. They got, of course they have to attack the Denver defense, but they're going to have to be smart with the ball too, because this is the defense that turns the ball over. Yeah, you have to pick your spots and you have to know who you can and can't attack. I think there are opportunities to attack Kyle Fuller, who's not very good, and I think there are also opportunities to attack Ronald Darby down the field. Uh, they're, those, both those guys are kind of they're susceptible to double moves, and they give up lots of yards per catch. I think they're both giving up 12 to 13 yards per catch the last time I checked. So lots of opportunities to attack those guys, and you got to be smart about when you attack Sertan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he's playing well. So... Let's just get into the result. This is a very big game for the Chargers. Do you think they win this game? Oh, man. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I would have said yes, for sure. Um, uh-huh. With all the COVID challenges and after the way they played last week, I'm faltering a little bit. Let's go with the reverse jinx. Mm. I'm going to say they lose. 2117. Mm, and a close one too. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's going to, we talked about a lot of it, but it's going to come down to creating pressure on Drew Locke. Uh, the Chargers just don't have enough DB depth to let, just kind of sit back and let Drew Locke work. This is going to be about disguising, confusing, rushing Drew Locke. Uh, he isn't very good, but the Broncos can play spoilers against a division rival. And again, he's beaten the Chargers before. So, Early on, the Chargers have got to do what give the Broncos kind of a dose of their own medicine. Jump out to an early lead like Denver did last time. Attempt to make Drew Locke play hero ball because he wants to in the worst way every time. So let him let him play a little hero ball. Uh, the Broncos running back duo, even though they didn't practice on Wednesday, uh, they they slashed him on the ground last time. Uh, Williams did the most damage to the air, which means they got to keep those guys in check if they do play. Last time, Herbert tried to do a little bit too much and uh, made, uh, made two throws he probably – well, at least one throw he shouldn't have. And uh, the, Bronf- the Broncos are having a lot of trouble moving the ball. So this is about playing, being smart, uh, not giving the Broncos any short fields uh, with turnovers or special teams re- uh, returns. This is struggling. So you got to make this offense earn points. Don't give them any short fields. And I, I just think that – while the reverse jinx is a good thing, I just I gotta believe that after what happened last week and the embarrassment in Houston, that in a must-win game, Staley will have his team ready. I've got them winning this 2016. Couple, Still a close one. Couple tight ones. Low scoring, oh, tight yeah. games. Yep. 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 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for watching, listening, and everything else. I am at Garrett Sisti. Jamie? At lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.